I feel like when you're fearing judgment, you're worried about what people are thinking of you that literally don't matter in your life. Because the people that matter, the people that care about you, that respect you, are going to be proud of your hustle, are going to be proud to see you trying something different and excited for you and hoping that you succeed. So you have to stop worrying about the thoughts of others who literally don't Mm -hmm. matter. Welcome back. This is the Confident Collective Podcast, and we are your hosts. I'm Rayanne. And I'm Christina. We are curb models, content creators, and some would even say comedians. We started the Confident Collective Podcast to help you live your most confident life by sharing our stories and sitting down with experts to talk about, well, life. We chat sex, dating, business, relationships, and so much more. We hope you love this episode, so let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone. Do you, do you feel like the season starts and like you just feel alive or like is there a big change for you? It definitely is an energy that I think I feel. No, mm-hmm. I'm kidding. But I just like to lean into it. So I'm going to tell you, okay, Leo season began on July 23rd, all right? I'm going to read you a little snippet about Leos just to get in the mood for, for, for this upcoming season. Leo is represented by the lion, and these spirited fire signs are the kings and queens of the celestial jungle. They're delighted to embrace their royal status, vivacious, theatrical, and passionate. Leos love to bask in the spotlight and celebrate themselves. These lions are natural leaders, and they enjoy cultivating friendships and romances that are artistically and creatively inspired. So shout out to all my Leos out there. Happy birthday. In honor of kicking off this season... I'm going to share the Leos who I think are the most attractive and who I would most likely to would love to make out with. The first one okay. <laughs> is Jason Momoa. Did you know he was a Leo? I did not know he's a Leo, but he kind of looks like a he Leo. He looks like a lion. He, I did not know when I was researching. I was like, oh, damn. I had no idea Jason mm-hmm. Momoa was a Leo. The second one is Chris Hemsworth, my other celebrity crush. Like, what are the odds? Okay, wait. Chris Hemsworth is so good looking, but have you seen him lately? How different he looks? No, I haven't seen him lately. He's like taking a lot of, I mean, I don't use this as fact, right? But a lot of human growth hormone (laughs) and he looks so different. It's kind of like the same thing as Zac Efron, like how his face changed so much too. Really? Like their jaws just got so much bigger. Yeah. So, I mean, I still think he's so good looking and I love his little family, but I'm like, damn. You, oh, you, I see. If you Google and, recent photos okay, of him. Okay, okay. Huge difference, right? Looks a bit, I want to say swollen. Swollen, exactly. When we were watching the latest Thor that Steve made me watch, wow. I was like, are you sure that's him? And he was like, yes, that's him. I was like, what is going on? He's like, he's definitely taken growth hormone. That's coming from our sources, Steve. Because you know, yeah. sometimes people get annoyed with other lack of sources. That's a reliable source. Okay, everyone, it's truth. It's fact. No, but then, but then, honestly, I think I did a Reddit dig too, which also is not most the most reliable. Once source. again, super reliable. <laughs> but I was like, I said, I think I googled, and also like I'm the world's worst Googler too. But I think I was like, why does Chris Hemsworth look so different? Like, why is Chris Hemsworth's jaw so different? And people said it was human growth hormone on Reddit. It as well. really is a crazy difference. His face has gained about two inches on either side of. I know it's so it's so crazy. <laughs> That's so sad. Oh, I hope he's doing okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And the last one is Steve Carell. 
<laughs> okay, what? Dude, have you seen him recently? He's sexy. He is looking good. No. Steve Carell? Please, he is looking good recently. I'm telling you. No. Yeah, just Google Steve Carell today. I am. I'm sorry, with okay. the glasses. What? You're telling me you're not into that? I'm so not into that. I could not. Actually, he looks kind of hot here. Thank you. He looks kind of hot in this one. I'm serious. The ones with the glasses? Hot. I wouldn't want to make out with You him. wouldn't? No. Oh, wow. No, no. I think I just really think of him as like 40-year-old virgin in the first half of, um, oh my gosh, what's that movie? It's like one of my favorite movies ever with Ryan Gosling. What is that movie? I always forget the name of it. It is the best movie. And it's like weird because it's all of the storylines are tied together. Yes. It's right and it has Emma Emma Watson oh, in it. Yeah, it's not Emma Watson. We're literally being crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say Emma Watson? You or did. did I? <laughs> we are doing. It's crazy, stupid love. I've googled it. It's crazy, yes. stupid love. We just described a movie that doesn't exist, and we're like, yes, that's it. That movie. I'm dead. Oh, my God. Um, he was hot in that, too. I just, I don't consider him hot, but um, go, go <laughs> off. Go for Steve Carell. Do whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you that who you think is hot isn't hot. Just not not Thank my you type, so much. okay? But I would like to record to show Jason Momoa, if I had to pick one, it would be you. Mm. So, anyway, if Jason Momoa ever is. Is he still single? I think so. And you know what? I once saw him riding his motorcycle down PCH. I was just going to bring that yeah. up. And I almost... And didn't he try asking you out yeah. on a date? Shouting he literally out? was yeah, you just couldn't hear him correctly. Down. Like I was driving in yeah. my white Fiat 500 and he made eye contact yeah. with me and I felt bad because he almost swerved off the road yeah. because he was like, that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Maybe you'll see him walking down the streets of Brooklyn this yeah, maybe. year. Maybe. Um, and maybe you'll save him. Maybe you'll save him. He, he was almost going, he was crossing the street about to get hit by a taxi because he was so stunned by your oh, beauty yeah. across Obviously, the street. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Well, anyway, Christina, I have shared all about my tarot and astrology reading. I need to hear about yours because you've had yours in the time since we last talked about it. So we need the full rundown. Okay. Well, first off, it was a great experience. I will just say that. But it was interesting because Julia Rose said that she listened to our podcast where you told me about yours. And I, at the end of that, was like questioning things. Yes, you were questioning. Yeah. So she was kind of calling me a skeptic. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not that I'm a skeptic. And then anyways, what she said to me, she's like, I totally get where you're coming from. You know, like some people like don't, not that they don't believe it, but like, you know, it's just harder for some people to like be as accepting. And I was like, it's not that I'm not accepting. I just, I have people in my life who have lived their lives based off of like predictions from other people. And sometimes I feel like that bothers me. Like, I'm like, why? I feel like they are limiting themselves. Well, and it's like, I do think it's good to question because if I would have lived off with that woman wanting me to give her $15,000, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, Exactly. Exactly. That was ridiculous. If you would have given that woman $15,000 to kill... My twin. You, your dead brother twin 
in the womb. Yeah, who thinks he's my twin flame? He's latched my soul. Who thinks he's your twin flame? Right, right. Exactly. So, because there is some people, I think, out there who are scamming and don't have good intentions. So, it right. is... And I don't think she no, is one of them. Not. And by the way, like, this is, like, a very different type of reading. It's tarot reading and astrology. It's not, like, predicting... Like, it's just yeah. different. So, what did she say when you said that? The first thing she said to me is, don't rent. And it's interesting because we were talking about, like, whether we should just, like, get out there and, like, rent something in New Jersey before we try and figure out our place. A lot of it happened to do with, like, our, my family... And um, a house and like where we're going to live, which was interesting. Um, She kept saying that my purpose is to be a mother, but in a very intuitive way. And not only to my kids, but to my community as a whole. And that I know the answers deep inside of me that I really need to try and trust my intuition. She also said, you need to stop sharing things with everyone. Which I thought was really interesting. Because I'm like the least mysterious person in the entire world. And it was interesting hearing someone say, like, you don't necessarily need to share things until you are fully ready to process them. She said, keep them as private as you can. And I guess the way I kind of took it was because I am someone who a lot of times asks people their opinions. Yeah, I feel like you ask a lot of people for advice on situations. I do. And even sometimes, like, people whose advice I don't necessarily care about, but for some reason I want that And I feel like whenever I share things before I'm ready necessarily to share them, I am taking in that advice and that feedback and it's affecting my intuition and the way I like live my life almost. So it was very interesting to hear her say that, like just matter of factly don't share. She also said, and this was very specific for the house, but I think it can be applied to anything that you want. And I thought it was really helpful and it was a way to kind of manifest what you want. She said, and this is, again, specific to the house, but like say you want a big kitchen. You have to write a list of every single thing that you want. And that's not enough to write the list. But next to that, you have to write the feeling those things give you and why you want them. So for instance, like I want a lot of natural light. Why? I want that because natural light makes me feel happy and alive And it also allows me to do my job. I want a big kitchen because I love cooking for my family and having everyone around the dinner table makes me feel joyful. I don't know. These are like random examples. And she was saying like, this is like a really powerful way to like manifest things in your life. And I was just thinking a lot about it because I was like, okay, like this is obviously very specific to me and looking for a home for my family. But I really do think this can be applied to anyone and in anyone's life, no matter what they're looking for. Like whether you're looking for a partner and the qualities you want in them, whether you're moving somewhere, whether you're looking for a, a career or a new job. And it's like, I want this job, but like, why do you want this job? What is it about this job that you want? And I think that like when you become like a little bit more specific about certain things and have the feeling behind them too, it just helps you, one, really get clear on your intentions and your needs to really focus on that and stop like wasting time in other ways. So that was important for me to hear. She also described my future house (gasps) and what she saw. She had a clear vision of it and she said that I've seen it already which is really, really interesting. Um, Christina, I just got chills. But I'm not going to share more information on that because she told me I should stop sharing. What did you say not to share, but you can tell Ryan? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> there, was, there was a clause. Said, don't share. Except- there was a clause. <laughs> okay, no, I respect it. I'm respecting this. Okay. 
So you've already seen it. Oh my God, Christina, yeah. I just got chills. Did she say anything of where it would be? You know, I will say this is, this was interesting. I, I couldn't help, and maybe she'll listen to this again and call me afterwards and tell me, no, I was wrong. I couldn't help but feel like she saw me in Los Angeles, which was interesting. And she didn't say that. She didn't say that per se. Oh, another thing that she said is that I am a very analytical person, which I never like really thought about this until she said this and a logical person. And she's like, you need to like see things written out in front of you for you to justify it or for you to explain like the why and like why you want to go into that. And and when she was saying that, I was like, you're right. I actually am like way more analytical than I thought. Like I am kind of like numbers oriented in certain things. Like it's not just a feeling for me. Like it needs to like make sense and it needs to make sense on paper. So it was interesting to hear her say that. And she just, she said that because I'm so analytical, I need to, when it's, when I'm thinking about moving, I really need to make sure that I have seen every single opportunity. Otherwise I will second guess, like if I made the right decision. Yeah. I feel like that's so on brand for you. That's very, yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. But again, like, I think that sometimes I go into these things, like, looking for certain answers that people can't give me. Do you know? And I think it just all comes back to like getting to know myself better and like not being scared to do things and trust for me and not being scared to like just trust myself and my gut. You yeah. Know? Well, I think that's exactly what she said. She was like, basically keep things private. And I think that may, could be, again, I think these things too are how you interpret them as well, because the most powerful thing is our own intuition and without seeking, you know, that's going to be a really good practice for you of listening to your own intuition without asking a bunch of other people for what they think and their advice. And that's just like practice. I'm really trying to do it more and more. Like for instance, actually, <clears throat> this was before my call with her. But yesterday I was going somewhere and I was debating between like two or three different outfits to wear. And sometimes I like try them on and like text my sister or something and get her opinion. And I was like, no. Do what makes, like, what you feel most comfortable in. Like, what are you doing? Like, why do you need someone to, I don't know, validate mm-hmm. validate you in a way, you know? So anyways, I'm trying to get out of that mindset. And clearly, I needed Julia to, like, remind me of how important yeah. that is. So that was that. It was, it, was, it was fun. It was good. I really recommend it. And she's actually going to launch a course on manifesting. Oh, cool with astrology combined. So I think that could be really, really great for a lot of people. Wait, it's so crazy. She just texted me and said, Christina is supposed to be in New Jersey. (laughs) No, she didn't. (laughs) Wait, I almost like freaked out. I was like, did she? Wait, actually, can I tell you, a lot of the times when I was talking to her, I was like, I was like thinking about something else. I was like, does she know, can she read my mind right now? I was like, wait, does she know that I'm thinking this? Did she talk about any of your guides? I don't think so. Okay. She probably is going to listen to this and be like, yeah, I talked about like five of them. Well, it's fine. You, you, I don't, you can go back and listen to it. Anyway, we love Julia and her readings. I will put the link for her, for you. If you want to sign up for a hybrid tarot reading, that's what Christina and I both did. Yeah. I love her so much. And also, by the way, if you wanted to do a reading, we have a discount code. It's I believe confident 44, but we'll link the exact code in our show notes. Wow. Okay. Well, let's get into our obsessed segment. And 
What are you obsessed with? Okay, Ray? so this is so interesting. You know, I have never been on the Bachelor train. I never like have gotten into the Bachelor, but I am. I when okay, so last week they announced the Golden Bachelor. Okay, so it's ABC has unveiled the identity of the star of the Golden Bachelor as seventy-one-year-old Jerry Turner who will be the first ever mature star of the Bachelor franchise in its two decades on the air. Okay, my first thought was like, that they really just skipped to 71? Like, 71 is like, that. I thought like, oh, when when I was seeing the advertisements for the Golden Bachelor, I was like, oh my God, well, they're going to have someone like in their 50s, whatever. I was like, okay, damn. Also, Jerry can get it. Or Gary, Jerry, G-R-R-Y. I don't really know. But, dude, Gary. he's hot. I'm like, I wonder, are they going to have mature women? Because, you know, the Bachelor franchise definitely isn't the most inclusive. But I will be interested to see how this shakes out. But I'm also like, okay, yeah, we have like an old guy going on too before we have like a curvy bachelor or anything, bachelorette, which like, whatever. But I am excited. I think I might actually watch like the first episode of this one when it airs in the fall and see what it's all about. Just because it's like different. I actually think 71 is the perfect age. I think that like if you're in a long-term relationship and like you've lost someone, I feel like that is like at a good point in your life. Like 70s are the new 50s. Like 70 is not old at all. A lot of times people that age are like freshly retired. Like they're ready for their second stage or third stage of life, whatever it is. So I think it's the perfect age. I'm so excited about it. When I first heard about this, I think it was, was it pre-COVID they started talking about this? I can't remember that they were going to do this. And we have some, I have a close friend that was on The Bachelor and I have some other friends who've worked on it. So we know people in the series. And um, we started doing a casting tape for Steve's mom. Oh my God, I remember this. And I've, I'm, like, curious to see how the season goes, and hopefully there'll be more. But, I'm like, I want Steve's mom to be on yeah. it because she's a widow, and I feel like I always just tell her, like, I just feel like she, I think she would really benefit from having a partner and someone to enjoy life with at her stage of life right now. So I'm really, really excited for it. He is a very good-looking man. The only thing was, like, his voice just did not match up for me. And I know, like, that is me being obnoxious. Like, why should I care about his voice? But do you ever, like, see someone and, like, clearly have a voice for them and then you hear their voice and you're like, whoa, did not expect that. His voice is, like, kind of, like, high-pitched. Yeah, it wasn't, like, the raspy old man, like, voice I was thinking of. Yeah, exactly. I think it'll be really, really great. I'm very curious to see the type of women they will cast, the age of the women. Because if it's like some 40-year-old woman or like women in their 30s, I'm going to be pissed. Like, I feel like it needs to be like 15 above, for sure. Yeah, I'll be very interested to see who The Bachelor casts as the women because we've talked about this before and like their lack of like... I wonder if it's a whole new team. I don't know. I'll be interested to see the women that they cast because obviously on the show... The, the the Bachelor, they cast a very specific type of woman. So it will be interesting to see. It'll be interesting. And I also am curious to see the storylines that they'll follow of these women. And is it going to be as catty and dramatic as they try to make The Bachelor seem? Because, like, are, do we really want to watch, like, older women, like, fight with each, each other over a man? Like, I don't think so. Like, for me, I feel like... It should be as wholesome and 
as possible. But do you think it could have like real housewives vibes? I don't think that's what people want mm-hmm. from this. I feel like people really, at least and by people, I mean me. But like, I don't think the people want this. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think everyone wants like a really like beautiful, wholesome love story. And I really do believe that like people can find love at any age. And I think it'll be so beautiful if The Bachelor can like prove that and show that or at least this Golden Bachelor. So we'll see. I'm excited for it. I think it'll be really good. And hopefully it can revive the franchise because I feel like it's just gone downhill over the past couple of yeah, years. Yeah, this will be my, I think I'm going to, I'm going to tr- give it a go. Dive into The Bachelor franchise. I hope it's women that are like actually there for the right reasons. Like it's not like, like now everyone goes on The Bachelor because they want. I feel like women. I feel like women will go on there because like their kids or grandkids are like, you have to do this, grandma, or like, or exactly. I, I, I feel like it's going to be a completely different vibe. Me too. I love that. I think it'll be so amazing. I can't wait. What do we know when it airs? Mondays at ten p.m. At ten. I'm sorry. Who's their target audience? Are people going to be up that late watching this? That's why I was like, my grandma would not be up that late. Yeah. Wait, are you kidding me? Like, my grandparents went to sleep at I like know. 7 p.m. I believe that's what the time. Now I'm panicking if I needed to fact check myself. But I'm. that's what it is. I saw that on a very reliable article on TikTok. You mean Reddit? Okay, well, I'll tell you what I've been obsessing over it with. And I actually think I this was one of my obsessed with last summer as mm-hmm. well. But I'm obsessed with the show, The Summer I Turned Pretty. Have you seen the second season? No, I actually just started the first episode yesterday. Of the second season? I loved the first season. It was so good. But I just started the first episode. I love the second season so far, too. It is so good. I mean, I just love a teen trauma. I love teen romance. I think it it just... This show feels so nostalgic. It really, really takes you back to like young love. And I love all of the characters. I love all the storylines. I just think it's so good. I'm excited to watch it because I was addicted to it last summer. I like could not get enough. Wait, do you, do you remember last summer? Whose team were you on? Were you on Team Jeremiah or Team Conrad? I want, oh my God. I want to say I was Jeremiah. I'm just like, he just is like, I just love Jeremiah. That is the personification of a golden retriever yes. to me. Like, he's such a sweetie darling, and he's just, like, was there for her. And, yeah, I I definitely think I was Team Jeremiah. What were you? I was Team Conrad because that is where I thought Belly, that's who Belly was in love with. You know what I mean? So, like, I wanted her to be with the person who she actually was in love with, not the person who was just in love with her. Mm -hmm. But now, this season so far... I might be switching. I might be switching teams. I'm not sure yet. I mean, I just have watched like the first like 15 minutes of episode one and I'm already like belly. That tangled, tangled web you have created is something else. I'm like, girl, I don't know. I know. You know what else I love about this show so much is the soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. I've just been playing it around my house the entire time. It's so good. Very nostalgic. All right. Well, let's get into today's episode of Ask Away. Thank you so much for submitting your questions. We love giving you our advice. If you want to be potentially included in the next Ask Away episode, we'll put the link in um, the show notes where you can submit your questions. If you are looking for chic outdoor furniture, a fabulous beach setup, or the Luxus pull towels you have 
ever felt, then you are looking for business and pleasure. We gave away their towels as part of our pool party gift bags, and I've hung out with so many friends that have received them since, and they are all obsessed. The quality is amazing, and the designs are so cute. I actually just ordered a beach setup from them that should be arriving any day now. I got the premium beach umbrella, the Tommy beach chairs, a cooler, and a beach blanket, and I just cannot wait for my aesthetic little beach setup. They also have stunning patio furniture and accessories and just launched a home collection with Julia Berelsheimer that is so gorgeous. This will be a website you go to and want it all, so lucky for you, we have a discount code. Go to businessandpleasure.com and use code CONFIDENTCOLLECTIVE20, in all caps, that's CONFIDENTCOLLECTIVE20, for 20% off. Our next partner is Rakuten, a shopping platform that is the smartest way to save money when you shop. You can get cash back at over 4,200 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. There are so many amazing stores offering cash back and it is free to sign up. Some of my favorite stores are Sephora, Neiman Marcus, and Saks Fifth Avenue, and they're all on Rakuten. And one thing that's super cool is that cash back rates change daily, so you can always check in and see what stores are offering the best rates today. If you're wondering how this works, the stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the commission with its members. You get paid via check or PayPal quarterly, and you can shop for everything from fashion to beauty, home decor to groceries, and even kids' school supplies, and maximize your savings by stacking cash back on top of other deals like store sales and coupons. Now, you know we love to shop and shop often, so if there's an opportunity to get cash back, we are all about it. But let's dive in. So here we go. Our first question. My boyfriend and I are leaving for a two-week Mediterranean cruise at the end of the month. My boyfriend is an extremely anxious flyer and always chooses to upgrade himself to business or first class. I am the opposite of anxious and pass out before the plane takes off and can't really rationalize spending that money to upgrade. It's complicated. I don't necessarily expect him to upgrade me, but I feel so sad every time we get on the plane and he turns left to first class and I turn right to the back of the bus. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. Anyway, to add some context, my BF also makes significantly more money than I do. He has also made comments about how when we're married, he will pay to upgrade me. Every time we fly somewhere, the situation always comes up. Every time I mention it on my to my friends, everyone is disturbed and thinks it's a really messed up situation and that he is prioritizing his comfort over our relationship. At the end of the day, it bothers me, but not enough to break up or pay to upgrade myself. It's just more of the principle of the matter. I'm curious to know what you beautiful, smart, confident lazy ladies think about this silly little situation. I know what I think about it. I'd be pissed. I would be pissed. I'm sorry. Especially if, like, he, I mean, if he's, like, I just think that you're going on a vacation together, you're starting this trip, like, oh, like, yes, yeah, see you in six hours. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I would just be really upset. And if he has the means to upgrade, and also the comment was like, oh, when we're married, I'll upgrade you, that would be like, mm, no to me. I think I'm disturbed by it as well. I'm on the side of your friends. I'm kind of like this. I would throw a fit. I would. I couldn't agree more. This is not okay. It's not okay because he does have the means to upgrade you as well. 
And because he said, when you're married, he will upgrade you. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if it weren't for that comment, if it was, like, just, like, a really bad anxiety thing, and, like, maybe he doesn't have enough money for, like, for both of you to upgrade because it can get very expensive, then fine. Like, I get it. Like, some people really do struggle with, like, terrible flight anxiety. Like, I'm not someone to judge there. But if he's saying that, like, he will do it when you guys are married, that means he knows it's kind of messed up and he's still doing it anyways. That means, like, right now, he is... He's no offense, girl. He's like treating you like lower class. Like that is not cool. Like you should treat your girlfriend the same as you would treat your wife. Like, I'm sorry. Like just, you're still in a commitment to them. Like why does there, is there a difference? No, I'm very disturbed by the situation. <laughs> the only thing I will say though is one time recently we flew and I had um, first class because it was like a business trip. And the brand flew me out there and we ended up getting tickets like for Steve and Nicholas as well. And we only got them coach. Like we got them like economy seats. And I sat in first class and they didn't. I feel like that's a little bit different because this was a work trip that the brand was like paid for that. And then was like, then you were like, oh, we're going to plan this trip around it. I think that's a little different. You're right. I think that's a little different too. And also like I actually, you know what? It was like, I think she were on the way there and we ended up getting like business for, oh, no, no, we got business on the way there because Nicholas was still under two. So he sat with us. But then on the way back, he was over two. So we had to get him a seat too. I'm like, this makes no sense to get like two extra like first class seats. Like you guys are going in coach. Like, and I'm taking the Well, okay. Seat. But I maybe I'm a hypocrite because- but This is a different scenario, right? I, okay. And I think this is a little different because I was like, I might be a hypocrite because let's say I'm traveling with my imaginary boyfriend and I- get randomly upgraded because I have status. And I'm like, is that shitty of me to take the upgrade? Because I would. I don't think so. So are we being hypocrites? But I'm like, I didn't pay for it. I got, I've worked hard for my Delta status. I got upgraded. I'm taking the upgrade. But then I think if my boyfriend got upgraded and didn't offer me the seat, I I would be upset. I'd be upset too. So honestly, we're hypocrites. No, but this is still a different situation. This is still a different situation, I think. But but here's the bottom line is like, have you expressed to him how it makes you feel? Because if you haven't, and if you're like, oh, okay, I'll see you like in six hours, then like you can't be upset about it if you haven't even told him how like that it makes you upset. I think she needs to just lay it down and be like, listen, if you're upgrading yourself, like we're going on this vacation together, like I'm up- you got to upgrade me. Yeah. And maybe he'll be like, okay. So... And sorry if we're making you feel bad about yourself. No, we're not. I hate to be those annoying friends, but honestly, I would tell you this in person if you were my (laughs) friend as well. That shit is shady. That's annoying. Okay, let's get on to question number two. I spent so much time hating my body and wishing I were skinnier, basically my whole life. After having three kids, I've come to appreciate my body more and to be more realistic about where I am at in this journey as it relates to my physical body. Following people like you has helped me realize I'm not some anomaly. I'm just a taller, bigger person. I love my body and appreciate my shape more. I also have come to realize I'm not as large of a human as I've been telling myself for 33 years and need to be nicer to myself. Truly, I thank you both and other body positive influencers for helping me get there. And then Ozempic enters the chat. It seems like everyone, influencers to my aunt, are currently on this. I've gone from being content and happy to having intrusive thoughts about inquiring with my doctor about this miracle drug. It's like some past part of me that wanted to be small for so long is now at war with my current self. Logically, I know that I'm fine, but I can't help feeling like this type of thinking is ingrained in me. How are you both handling 
this big boom of Ozempic drugs slash smaller bodies being trendy? Such a good question. We actually go back and listen to our first Going Deeper episode with Rosie because we go way more into depth in this because I think you have to give yourself some grace. We're all feeling this pressure. When you live in a world where it seems like you, like you said, and I agree, it feels like everyone is suddenly losing weight and like if and on Ozempic, it's like it is going to affect you. I think you need to give yourself a little bit of grace because it is a little bit right now a lot. I feel like it. And it's definitely a balance of letting yourself not go back to that obsessive place of wanting to be so thin. But I think you're not alone in this right now. Christine and I have talked about how like, even like watching the Kardashians, I'm like, oh my God, that's like all I can see is how thin they've gotten and things like that. It's just a lot. It's it's just a lot right now of this messaging. Yeah. I think, I think honestly, I'm struggling with it a little bit too. Not necessarily like wanting to feel like I need to take Ozempic or anything like that, but it almost feels a little defeating when I, we've come such a long way into accepting our bodies at any size to then all of a sudden everyone seemingly shrinking like in rapid speed around us. And it's like, was I making that up? Mm -hmm. Like, were we just like confident in ourselves for a second? And also like as someone who has like two kids and has gone through like so many body fluctuations over the past couple of years, it's just like hard to like feel 100% at peace with your body when it's like fluctuated so much. Do you know what I mean? But the thing is you just can't compare yourself to anyone else. And I think that you have to like try and stay as positive as possible. And I think for me, like whenever I'm having like those intrusive thoughts, I just like start moving as much as possible. I'm like, how do I get my mind out of this negative place? And that for me is by movement. That's like either when I'm taking like long walks, like getting out there, going to the gym as much as possible and like really starting to appreciate my body in like a physical way. Because I think that like when you're just like at home and you're looking in the mirror and you're looking at your body as invaluable almost because of its size, you have to start putting your body into play to like realize how much you can appreciate it and how special it is no matter what your size Mm -hmm. is. And I think, yeah, it's just like getting into a good relationship with your body as as much as you can. That's like establishing a routine. And that's going to look different for everybody of what is mm-hmm. going to make you feel good. But it is hard when it feels like everyone around you is on it. And like maybe mute those people who on social media you're seeing who are for a little bit until you can get to a good place. And like we, we talked about this in the episode we did with Rosie. It's like we have to learn how to stop putting so much of our self-worth into the hands of other people. We can't let someone losing weight have such, or or whatever decision they decide to make. I think we see people's lives so intimately in the social media world we're in now that we have to, I think, navigate not letting how they're living their life, what their body looks like, who their partner is, yada, 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 the list goes on, has such a big effect on us because it's just, you're never going to be happy. But I feel you. I wish I had a better answer. I think I've definitely felt this pressure around it too. And all I've tried to do was focus on me and my my body, still continuing with my movement and feeding my body how what makes me feel good and really focusing on on myself and kind of trying to cancel out all that noise. 
Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's like, I know this seems like a miracle drug all of a sudden and everyone's losing weight, but there have been people doing stuff all along. This just seems like a f- easier option, right? So like, how do you cancel out that noise? Because before people were like working out like crazy, dieting like crazy, taking like other weight loss, like drugs, people like do- getting weight loss surgery, all these things. So Think about how you've like quieted out the noise from all of those other things happening to only focus on yourself and try and do that again. But it does feel different. All right. Question number three. Okay. How to let a guy go that is literally not into you. I'm obsessed with this man. I know he is not into me, but every time I stop texting him or just really, or just cutting him off, he always comes back. I'm just scared I haven't tried enough and he might be the guy for me. Or am I just delusional? No, you're delusional. What do you mean you haven't tried enough? You shouldn't have to try that hard. No. If a guy wants to be with you, you will know. If you're saying you know he doesn't, he's literally not into you. If you're saying that he is not into you and you deserve so much better. You deserve so much better. And obviously you're not doing all the things. You have to block him. Yeah. I think you need to go cold turkey because if you're saying every time I stop texting him, he just comes back into your life, you shouldn't give him the option to come back into your yeah. life because he's not treating you and not valuing you and not like respecting you enough that you know that he's not into you. So I think you need to block him. I think you need to also maybe block him from social media and you have to go cold turkey in my opinion. Yeah, I have to say, I think when guys come back, we always see it as like, oh my God, like he came back. When it actually, it's really, I think just a sign of blatant disrespect for you a lot of the times, obviously a case-by-case situation. But like, if you have told this guy, like, we don't know the backstory, but if you're like, I'm really into you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, I'm just not like really feeling that or showing you that with his actions. And you're like, okay, I'm going to remove myself from this situation. My friend's therapist told her this analogy and it was so interesting. Basically, that's like him coming into your house, opening the door, not ringing the doorbell, clomping his dirty boots all around your house, Mm. and then leaving. Like, it's so rude. It's so disrespectful. And I think, like Christina said, you just need to block him. Like, this is not something you need to entertain anymore. Like, you want people who want to be in your life and who respect you. And also him coming back isn't him having like a change of heart and being like, oh my gosh, I made a huge mistake. Like she's the one for me because he's obviously disappearing again. So when he's coming back, that is because he thinks that like he has you on the back burner and he thinks that you're willing to accept that type of behavior and you're not because you deserve so much more than that. And even if you block him from your phone, from social media, if he is so obsessed with you, right? And like you got it all wrong you got it all wrong. He will find a way to get in touch with you, okay? So like blocking your number, blocking your social media, he'll find a way to get in touch with you. And if he does, he better be saying, this is the biggest mistake I've ever made. There's no one else like you. I want, you know what I mean? Exactly. And and you're making him fight for you in that way because right now he's not respecting you the way you deserve to be respected. So bye. Should we do any more now? Yeah, I think we can do one more. I'm a 33-year-old entrepreneur. I run a successful private salon suite across from the ocean in a high-end area of Vancouver, Canada. I feel like I have hit a wall, however, in my business this year and can recognize that I'm holding myself back. Social media is a really tough place to be, both personally and in business for my mental health. I catch myself, as we all do, comparing, fearing judgment, and thinking I won't be relevant. 
Silly, I know, but I'm worried I'm missing out on connecting with my audience and losing momentum in business with the ever-changing world of social media. How do you ladies find the confidence to show up as you are on the daily IG, TikTok threads, so authentically you and with such confidence? I'm stuck in a spiral of self-deprecation and fear. Thanks in advance. Sending love. XO. This is a tricky thing because behind the scenes, Christina and I have talked a lot about like feeling exhausted sometimes and depleted. And like, it is a lot to share yourself on social media. And I think if your goal is for this to be business, hire social media out. I think that is like, as you're growing your business and scaling, hiring where you feel like, oh, those tasks where it's like, oh, I don't want to fucking do this. Like hire, if you can, like hire a social media manager to help you do a Instagram and TikTok and have that person who's really excited about that and really interested in that side of the business come in and help you do that. Like I don't think it has to be on you. And also you can think of it as a business perspective. I think obviously all people want to see human connection and will want to get to know you, but it's okay to have those boundaries and you don't need to share every single detail of your life. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times, first of all, I've been there. I feel like I struggle with this like from time to time too. I feel like when you're fearing judgment, you're worried about what people are thinking of you that literally don't matter in your life. Because the people that matter, the people that care about you, that respect you, are going to be proud of your hustle, are going to be proud to see you trying something different and excited for you and hoping that you succeed. So you have to stop worrying about the thoughts of others who literally don't Mm -hmm. matter. I know like when I started, I was like kind of worried or like embarrassed by like people who knew me from high school or college would think. Like who cares what they think? I just listened to Jay Shetty's podcast with Tom Holland. So good. Everyone needs to listen to it. Mm -hmm. He basically was talking about how he hears so many people saying their fear is of what their friends will think or their peers. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that is so crazy because you can't let, if you think about the fear of letting someone else hold you back from what you want to do, that's so sad. And also you need to surround yourself with people who are going to be like, hell yeah. Like, I think you should do that. Here's an idea for a TikTok you should do for your salon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. And if they're not doing that, and if you're if they're judging you or they're making you feel stupid for trying to pursue social media for your business, then like those aren't the people you want in your corner anyway. So like I think you have to like really just try and push out that negative noise because that it's not motivating and it's just it's not helping you in any single way. I do like the idea that Rayanne said, like bringing someone else on. But I think at the end of the day is if you the way I'm able to show up is because I feel like I show up and I am allowing myself to be on social media without makeup, like the good and the bad, like you'll see the messy behind me. And if I was always striving for a version of perfection, I I couldn't do what mm-hmm. I do. It would be so exhausting for me because I'd be trying to be someone mm-hmm. else. And I think that like for you, if that is something that you're worried about, like letting go of all that judgment you're fearing and just being authentically yourself And knowing that not everyone might love you, but the people who do will love you and support you. And everyone else doesn't matter anyways, because you're not, they're not your audience. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for submitting your questions. Uh, That's all we have time for today. But we love hearing your stories and giving you our advice. So keep the submissions coming and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us.